Shut up and sit down. Welcome to the Roofer Report, brought to you by Roofer.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Roofer Report. I'm your host, Pete McKendrick, uh, here with Roofer. And uh, exciting topic today, obviously a controversial topic in the insurance industry at times. Uh, you know, lots of Facebook posts about it, lots of insight into it. And uh, excited to have my guest today, Bradley Gardner, with Hometown Restoration, uh, to speak a little bit about the insurance market and uh, lump sum pricing and, and, the, and the way he's running his business, the way he's running his jobs and, and to really dive into it. But I'll let Bradley, I'll let you have the, the floor here for a minute and just kind of introduce yourself, how you got into roofing, how long you've been in roofing and, and how the business is running for you. Yeah. So, um, hello, Bradley Gardner. I'm the owner of Hometown Restoration. Uh, I guess I, I got into roofing a little different than a, a most. I, I kind of backdoored in from the insurance world. I was an insurance agent. And uh, I was happy. Uh, I was 20-something years old, and I was making my $109,000 a year, and I finally had a real company job and uh, all that good jazz. I was insured out of the ears. And I was winning my little awards and everything. And, uh, you know, I wasn't going anywhere. Um, I'd, I'd previously been a car salesman, and I, I didn't really like the ethics of that before getting into being an insurance agent. So... When I became an insurance agent, I, I, I wanted to get a job where I could be a salesman, but I could help people. I didn't want to take advantage of people. And uh, about three years in, we got hit with a big hailstorm, and uh, all of a sudden I felt like I was taking advantage of people again. I was, nobody could give me a straight answer as to why. We were told all the time it was we pay on actual cost incurred. And when I had people sign their uh, arbitration agreements, it was... I explained to him, look, if we ever have any problems, we'll just handle this with a third party. Uh, we don't, you know, we're here to be fair. And I told people this for years, and then I was, I turned around and I've got a, uh, now I'm getting the phone calls, getting cussed out because we're not paying properly. And, and I felt like I was taking advantage of people again. So, um, long story short, I ended up as a, uh, opening a roofing company, and, um, you know, when I got into the being a roofer is how I found out how we, we do things on this end, or we've been kind of, I guess, trained or brainwashed, however you want to say it, into the whole Xactimate game and uh, the cost plus pricing. And I, first few years, I just did how everybody else did. You know, I, I was told this is the way we had to do it. And uh, a few years of that, and I was like, well, I, I wasn't the way we had to do it when I was an agent, all I needed was an invoice. And that's, so we started developing our model around that. And, uh, you know, um, I guess the rest is kind of history. I started telling people about it and uh, what we were doing. And, uh, you know, it kind of has developed into this lump sum sales model uh, that a lot of people are trying to figure out. I guess somehow or another, I ended up being a poster child for it. <laughs> no, and I think that you made a great point in there. I think so many roofers that are breaking into insurance, whether it's they're new to roofing altogether or whether they're a retail roofer that 
you know, as getting into the, the insurance game, I think so many times brainwashed is a good way of putting it. Cause I think we're, we just have this, you know, unwritten rule that this is how you do it, right? Like this is how you got to get a, a claim accepted. You got to go this certain route. You got to use these certain tools. And I think because of that, you know, you get, I think they do serve a purpose. And I think when you're early on in the game, a lot of times contractor, you know, roofers that are new to it, definitely it helps them, I think, to kind of develop, uh, you know, in the industry and work with those tools. But at the same time, like you said, they're not always the most effective way to do it. And they're not always necessary, right? And uh, I think that you come from a very unique perspective coming from the insurance side into it and having seen the other side of the fence where most guys don't, right? Yeah. Well, I, I said that the whole time. I, I, one of the advantages I had um, when I got into this world was I didn't have to learn how to sell and I didn't have to learn insurance. I just had to learn how to be a roofer, uh, which for it's crazy, but owning a roofing company that uh, works in insurance restoration work that's the easiest part of the whole thing. The, the hard part <laughs> is dealing with the insurance companies, right? It's the, the easy part is roofing the house. So I, I, I had a big advantage there, you know, but and that, that's another, kind of, you mentioned another thing about like the retail roofer thing. I, I, I don't understand really how we ended up differentiating retail from anything. Else. Like there's retail or wholesale. The only wholesale roofers out there are people that are selling, you know, manufacturers of shingles and they're selling to distributors. There's no such thing as a wholesale model out there. All of it's retail. Every yeah. It's like create an invoice, turn it in. Somehow or another, we ended up getting separated into some subgroup and, oh, if you're doing insurance work, it's not retail anymore. It's like, it's all retail. It's, it's like retail pricing here it is and, and and somehow or another that concept got separated and it's like we we just acknowledge it as truth I, it, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me to hear like oh i'm a i'm a i'm not a retail roofer i'm an insurance guy it's like a, all of it's retail it's all retail yeah i'm i'm so glad you said that because i i am of the same thought process you know when you go into that job every job for you as the roofer is a retail job. Like you yeah. should be quoting it the same. You should be approaching it the same, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, it's the homeowner who's filing the claim. It's the homeowner who has to deal with the insurance company, you know, as the roofer, as long as you pay me, I don't care if the money came out of your pocket or the insurance company's sure. pocket to pay for that. You know, ultimately at the end of the day, it's just a retail job. Right. And, and I think, like you said, I think we've made this very hard line distinction between the two that if you're doing one, you're not doing the other, when really, ultimately, at the end of the day, it should be the exact same thing. Absolutely. It should be the exact same process. And I think that's what really, that mindset is what's really throwing the roofer off, right? I think that's what's getting these roofers so far astray is because they think they have to do a completely different process and a completely different way of handling the entire job from the start just because insurance is involved. Well, I, and I, I'll tell you, a, a lot of what I believe drives that mindset is I think there's a lot of people that aren't roofers that keep teaching roofers how to be roofers. I mean, the majority of the people out there that you go to these training classes and courses as attorneys and PAs, it's like they're trying to teach you how to be a roofer. Uh, they got no business, right? 
and, and, and not look, I've got a lot of attorneys and PA friends and, and people <laughs> that know their shit. Right. I mean, I, I, I love guys like that. I, I partner with them and do a lot of great things with these guys, people that truly care, but they don't look at it from the perspective of being a roofer. They look at it from the perspective of being a PA and how to teach you how to set their file up the best way. It's like, right. you know, and, and, uh, and all that's great, but the lines get blurred and you're dealing with a guy that, you know, he just is a roofer and, and, and wants to go out and like, how can I make my wrench, my roofing company profitable because it's how I feed my family. And, and the, all these, I mean, it, add that up for 20 years and, and a lot of, a lot of gray area, a lot of, a lot of confusion. And then when someone steps up and says, Hey, we've been doing it wrong. It's, we should just be putting the invoice in. There's a lot of, a lot of folks that get upset with that. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people that can't wrap their mind around. We don't need supplement companies. We can just roof and send in the bill. And not that I don't, uh, I mean, I think supplement companies are, uh, have a place in the market, but, I don't use one, you know, uh, and, and, and I think it's absurd that there's an entire sub category of, of an industry that's been built just to try and translate what the roofer is trying to say to the insurance company. It's like, it's not necessary. It's here's the bill. And if you have a problem with it, take it to appraisal. Y'all get attorneys, y'all fight it out, but that ain't my problem. Right. And, 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 uh, it, it, some people have an issue wrapping their mind around that. And some people come to me like, this is the greatest thing. How do I apply it? And then they try to apply it in, in, in the same way that they go to I think another big problem I see with, with people that do uh, that try to convert to doing uh, the lump sum pricing model and, 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 the, and the sales process that I, that I have is uh, they're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. They'll go out there and they'll tell the homeowner, hey, we're going to take care of you and we're going to make sure your insurance company pays you properly and we're going to work your claim. And then they're like, well, here's the invoice. And the homeowner's like, well, you told me you were going to do all this stuff. Well, because that's been the sales pitch for the last 20 years. They don't know how to sell the roof any other way. So there, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, fine points that need to be figured out and uh, a lot of, a lot of changes. Um, but I don't think that, I don't think that going down the road we've been going is to our benefit. I, I think that, I think that it, if, if it were exactly make pricing would reflect uh, real market pricing and it doesn't, um, it reflects what's in the interest of the insurance company, which is the cheapest possible way, the thing they can get away with paying. Long-winded, you know, <laughs> I, I could talk about this for a no. long time. So, Yeah, no, no, I appreciate it. I think it's great. It's great insight because I do, you know, I do think that, you know, we just kind of have for a long time have just kind of taken their word for it more or less, you know, and I, I think that, you, you know, like you said, I think people are afraid to challenge it. Uh, and, and now that some people are challenging it, you know, obviously hitting some resistance, you know, and so, you know, I, I see a lot of posts about it, obviously, on Facebook. You see a lot of rebuttals about it. People saying, you know, the insurance company will never accept it. Uh, you know, it's it's not a great way to price based off of, you know, for the customer's sense. And, uh, you know, it's not granular enough and all this stuff. And so what is your take on that? I mean, I know one of the most popular ways from a retail standpoint here, if you know, we're talking the way things are currently set up and there's this distinction between the two 
scope of work, what I call scope of work pricing, which is essentially we go in and I quote you a roof system and it's not line item based, is one of the most popular ways to quote a job because it's, you know, it's not so granular that the customer can pick it apart, right? And it makes it easy to quote. It's easy to train people to quote that way. But then when we go to the insurance side of the business, we want to go that completely opposite route and we're down to the linear foot on every single item, you know, and speak a little bit, I guess, to your experience and why you guys decided to go the lump sum route yeah. and, uh, you know, and how it's, how effective it's been for you. Well, you know, i tell you that, uh, I'd say well over 75% of guys out there are only using the cost plus to get to a number. Cause, and, and I'll give you an example. Uh, insurance company says we're not paying for pipe boots. State Farm used to do that all the time. You say we, we don't pay for pipe boots, right? And we'd send in his code and they'd argue and they'd say, you know what, that's it. we're going to include the pipe boots anyway. Well, the truth of the matter is we were trying to get into a profitable number and we were going to build the roof properly anyway, right? So it's like the only reason a lot of guys even come to this uh, table and try to negotiate is so they can get a job. It's, it's old, uh, I call it, I liken it to Pavlov's dog. We, we, we got locked in a cage and then they come up, they ring the bell and they drop us a treat whenever we, when we do right, right? And, and, and so... Like I, I had the same conversation with a roofer, been a roofer for twenty something years. Last night, I'm sitting at the table with him. And he's asking me about lump sum and all this stuff, and he said, "Man, I'm getting three hundred and fifty dollars a square." I said, "Dude, there's no way you can make it." He was asking me how to hire salesmen and all this kind of stuff and, and grow his business. You know, he's he's the only guy's one man show, and uh, I said, "Man, you can't make it at three hundred fifty dollars a square." He said, "Well, insurance companies won't pay any more than that." It's like insurance companies pay actual cost incurred reasonable cost incurred right so my take on going back to what you're asking is we write our estimate and we detail it out just like if i was going to sell my grandmother something i want her very clear not just for her understanding but for my understanding so when she comes to me and you know hey it, it I don't say I'm just going to replace the shingles. I want to make sure that I describe what type of shingle, what color, uh, what flashing, all, uh, ice and water shield in the valleys and whatever. I want all of that stuff described because when she comes and says, I was supposed to do something I didn't do, I can say, no, it wasn't described in this description right here. Right. So a, a clear description, whether it be line itemed out or whether it be in a paragraph or how, however, that, that's, that's super important. And, and, and I think a lot of people have a misconception that I'm just like put roof on a napkin and a price on it. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I, I think you should absolutely have, absolutely have a, a full description of it. Uh, I'm just saying you shouldn't let insurance companies dictate what you get paid. And you shouldn't tell homeowners that you're going to work with the insurance company. I think you should tell the homeowner and, and, and uh, prepare the homeowner on how to advocate for themselves. I think that's our role when it comes to working, being an insurance claim or insurance restoration contractor, we should be knowledgeable enough to prepare homeowners on how to work with their insurance company, how to acquire financing, how to do all these things that would help them. Um, but we should treat it just like we were treating a family member. We want to have a, a, a an estimate that's that's fully detailed out with with a, a reasonable price that we we can stand behind in good conscience and all that kind of stuff. 
So if you don't mind, Riley, I guess walk us through your sales process and yeah. how it differs from someone who's using like Xactimate or a cost plus type of model. Sure. Well, I guess the original, uh, the one that we're all accustomed to is the sales pitch that goes something like, Hey, my name's Brad. I'm with hometown and, uh, I'm gonna offer you a roof inspection. We're going to get up there, take a look, see if you have any damage. If you do, I'll help you get your insurance company to pay for the new roof. And if you don't, I'm just going to give you this free inspection. And then we go over there and they have damage and we say, okay, let me help you file your claim and I'm going to meet with your adjuster and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to help you make sure they pay for the roof properly. And we're going to write our exactimates up and do all the things that we're supposed to do. And we're level three certified and all that good jazz. And we go out there and we, we argue with adjusters and that worked for a long time. Uh, Cause you could sit over there and you could talk with reasonable adjusters and all that. Um, we, I guess our pitch has gotten a little uh, morphed a little different from that. Uh, the pitch is more along the lines of, Hey, we're hometown. Um, you know, we're, we're the, the roofer you asked to come out here and take a look at it. We're going to go up there and give you an inspection, see if you need a new roof. We come down with a full inspection report. Um, we believe that you have damage. This is something that your insurance company likely would cover. Um, we don't really know about your coverage. Uh, but I've seen most people get their new roof, paid for by the insurance company. I think you need to file a claim. You need to turn in our invoice. Here it is with all the documentation. Now what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that we uh, document everything that we have. So we have all of our photos. We have our inspection report. Every time we correspond with you or your insurance company, we also log that and what the correspondence is. So we'll log all of that for you because here's the deal, Mr. Homeowner, your insurance company's going to come out here and they're going to pay as little as possible. They're going to do that. That's what they do. Insurance companies try to get away with as little as possible. You're nothing but a number to them. So um, they're going to go back and forth. They're going to tell you I'm crazy. They're going to try and get between me and you. Um, all you're going to do is tell them either pay my insurance, uh, pay my contractor's estimate or take me to appraisal. Um, they're going to say, okay. They'll either pay the invoice or they're going to say, okay, let's go to appraisal. If they deny you appraisal, I uh, think you might need to read what your contract says with them about what, who can invoke appraisal. And, and, and we tell them where to find that in their insurance policy, right? So we set it up to where when the adjuster comes out, at the minute that he has he identifies damage, he's he's got a report from us with our, our estimate and everything ready to go. And the homeowner agrees. This is the most important part. The homeowner has already read the report, read our estimate, and agreed with everything that we have. Is everything reasonable? Yep. You want us to replace the flashing. You see where it's code right here. We need to replace it. everything on our estimate is reasonable and the homeowner understands it. So when that dude shows up, the homeowner's sitting there educated, ready to go. All right, here it is. And the minute the insurance company gets out of line, the homeowner's mad at them, not me. The homeowner's like, y'all can either pay me or take me to appraisal. And the minute they start playing games, I get to introduce them to one of my PA friends and one of my attorney friends and say, hey, <laughs> here's who knew, who's going to help you fight that claim. You want to do financing so we can go ahead and put a roof over your head? And that's my role in the sale. We don't get involved in the, in the, in the arguing with adjusters. And so I get to be the roofer. I get to step back and I'm a knowledgeable roofer that understands how to help my homeowner advocate for themselves. But my job is to worry about how to do a good roof and offer them options on how to get it paid for, whether it be cash, check, Bitcoin, finance, 
uh, do we need to wait for your insurance tech to come in? However you want to do all that. And, that, and, and I, I work for them. And, and when you can teach, I mean, look, we're not geniuses. Uh, uh, any, any average homeowner can figure this shit out with just a little bit of explaining. And that's what we kind of, that's the kind of customers we go for. Well, and I'll tell you what I really love about it as you're talking and, and listening to the process that you guys go through in comparison to what I've dealt with dealing with insurance contractors, you know, is it's so simple, right? Like it's such a straightforward process. You know, I don't see a need for things like contingency agreements and supplementers and all of these extracurricular things that we have on top of just writing up an estimate. You know, you're essentially talking about selling a job to a homeowner and then letting the co- the you know the customer take that sold job to their insurance their insurance company where i think we've gone the opposite way in insurance you know like i think we're like taking a job that you know, we haven't even really sold yet t- to the insurance company and hoping we can negotiate it and make you know as much as we possibly can off of it you know we do we do offer a contingency agreement with a homeowner if they want to wait and wait for the, if a homeowner wanted to finance it today, I'm going to move them straight to a build contract and we're going to finance and build them a roof, right? It's their home. They want a roof over their head. I mean, I go to these hurricanes, man. People don't have roofs over their head, right? Yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's pretty bad spots. People need to move now. And they, so we, we, we try to offer options as best we can. If it's something where the guy's like, I don't, I want to see if my insurance company is going to pay for my roof first. No problem. I'm here for you. All that stuff I told you about documenting everything and, and following up with you and making sure that we email everything you're interested in and, and all of that. If you if you don't want to be locked into a price today, I'll, I'll put you on a contingency agreement. And it says here, this is what our price is going to be. But we also reserve the right to, you know, uh, negotiate, uh, uh, come down if something's not reasonable, but before we can just cancel the contract, right? So we do have a contingency agreement, especially if it's working something that's kind of like a, a you know, we're going to be waiting on insurance financing. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, the half the states that shit doesn't hold up anyway, and then the other half the states, if it did, if it was to hold up, I'm never going after a homeowner if they cancel a contingency anyway. It only right. just gives me a little bit of glue to the job. It, it, right. it, it's a commitment right. from the customer to hire me. Outside of that, if the customer says he don't want me to work for him no more, I'm going to move on, Jack. You know, right. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, it's just so we get yeah. caught up in, oh, did you sign a contingency? You charge 10%. I'm never going to do that, ever. I, I don't earn money that way. I earn money when I start nailing shingles down. And if someone doesn't want me to yeah. do that, I'm not going to force them to pay me. Uh, it's just, uh, but that's my philosophy. I, you know, uh, I don't. There, there's a time and place for different types of co- contracts, and I have a video on that. But and we don't have to go deep into it. But you're right. It the to touch on what the point of what you said was. It's so simple, which means my business has been able to scale. I don't have to teach you how to be a, a, an adjuster to come in here and be a project manager for me. I have to teach you how to sell roofs, right? I don't have. Uh, it's so we get we. You know, we get these guys that come in here, and you know, you got to learn how to fight a twenty-year-old, a twenty-year adjuster, and, and you got to learn roofing, and you got to learn how to be a salesman. Oh, by the way, you got to make it six months before you get any, you know, real money out of this gig because you can't figure it out. <laughs> well, in no doubt, 
like we get with the only people we can attract is the bottom of the barrel, you know, and my company, man, I got, I got quality guys running around with my brand on because we don't, we don't deal with that. We, we, we have a much more simple streamlined process that allows them to focus on selling roofs and not fighting claims. And, and like, my, I mean, we'll, between my eight guys out there that are selling right now, we're going to sign 60 contracts this month. That's like, that's, that, I couldn't have dreamed of something like that six years ago, you know, when we were doing yeah. it the way everybody's normally doing it. So I, it's hard to convince me that I'm the crazy one. It's working over here, uh, you know. <laughs> it's working, right? <laughs> so. Well, and, I, and to that point, you know, I, it, one of the biggest things I see when you see comments on the Facebook posts about lump sum is, you know, the insurance companies will never accept it. You guys go that route, you'll never get the same results. Right. So I guess speak a little bit to that success and how you guys have been able, how successful have you guys been yeah. in comparison to the way you guys were? Like, that's a perfect example. You know, you're getting way more contracts signed. You know, uh, how is it dealing with the insurance companies and what's the the rate at which you guys are winning these jobs with them yeah. in comparison to when you were doing it the traditional way? Well, I'll say this. There's no magic bullet. Uh, you know, it's not like it's it's not like we're just out here batting a thousand right no one is <laughs> um yeah it's hard to quantify what what is you know what what what's what's the the big advantage right the big advantage for me is i've seen since we've done this my business expand now, that could be for a lot of reasons but and and, and we could dive into that but as far as our process our workload on our office staff we've been able to focus on growing as a business, which has allowed us to grow. So that's, I think, something that's you can't put a number on. Now, when you're looking at uh, real real numbers, I guess, as far as, you know, percentages, uh, I'd say probably 70% of signed contracts end up being builds, right? We lose some along the way, no doubt about it. It may be, you know, 75% end up being bills, you know, somewhere in there. Uh, we lose some along the way. Not all of that is because of insurance. Customers we lose along the way. Uh, people keep checks still, right? I mean, there's just, there's, there's problems that come up when you marry somebody for three to six months of an insurance claim <laughs> and jobs just go sour and we lose them or, you know, we can't get this one bought and, this one, the homeowner doesn't, you know, they were all on board on day one. And, but, you know, now they're talking about, you know, I don't want to sue my insurance company. I'm a good Christian person. They, you know, I like my agent. They go to church with me. It, it's just, it, it, there's no magic bullet. So we, we absolutely lose jobs. Uh, so I get it. But I do know that I throw a whole lot more stuff on the wall and a whole lot more of it sticks with this process. If it were different, we would do it different. Uh, if, if it didn't work, I would, you know, I'd be doing it different. Yeah. I, I mean, talk to the fact of how you guys have been able to scale under this model, Yeah, because I think that's ultimately any roofer, right? That's what we're looking to do. Like my goal, if, you know, if I started a roofing company today, my goal would be to set myself up to scale that business. And like you said earlier, even I think before we even started, uh, talking was you said like you got to the point where it's almost running itself at this point yeah right? i'm on autopilot and it's a huge man. difference <laughs> you know so speak to how changing to this type of model has really helped to get you there well in order to do the volume we're doing under another model i would need 
twice the office staff I have to fight claims, right? Or I would have to subcontract for anywhere between two and 10% of my job to, to, to subcontractors that do that for us. That's why that model's out there, right? Uh, the, everything from the PA to the uh, estimators and all that stuff. Um, and, I, and, and I use PAs. I, 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 there's times when it's time to introduce a homeowner to a PA. I don't pay for them. I have homeowners pay for them, right? So that that that's kind of a, a thing there. I, I'm, that's probably the biggest thing is we're, we're really, really lean compared to most companies that do our volume. Uh, that, that, that's, that's allowed me to go out there. Uh, I guess the other huge factor that's out there is um, my sales team coupled with my CRM, coupled with my office, Everything is, you know, integrated to where from the time we sign a customer to we have an approved scope and we're price agreeable. I mean, it's a matter of clicking a few buttons and, you know, the material order is ready. The, 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 the roofers are ready to build it, you know. Uh, so our, our, our internal processes and our systems in here make it, make it real streamlined, you know which allows my team to handle more volume. So it's like, that's the most important part for me. It's like, I've got, you know, eight sales guys, uh, two managers and three office girls that are running. Uh, like we will, we will most likely cross 20 million this year. It's like cross 15 last year, right? Like that's a, that's lean. Uh, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I see guys that are doing those numbers <laughs> with twice the staff, and and, and yeah, and, and that that's awesome. I mean, we're killing it, getting getting full sticker on our on our roofs, right? And, and so, and I'm and I literally, uh, and I say this, and people laugh at me. I'm I'm bored right now. I I, I, <laughs> I answer I, I answer a few phone calls a day. And but my team know I'm surrounded by amazing people that are that are just killing it, and they're able to do that because it's not a complicated ass job. It's like everybody has a we're just roofing, and, you know. It's it we have a process. The minute an insurance company stonewalls our homeowner, we tell the homeowner take it to appraisal. Okay, here here's the phone number to an attorney. Let me get you on a three way call with him. He'll help you out. You know we don't. And and it took a little while to build up a pipeline, but now the pipeline's full of, you know, stuff coming out of attorneys and stuff coming out of PA and stuff going in. So I mean, it took a little while to to get that system well uh, to be a well-oiled machine, but with a really lean team, I'm re I'm able to do with volume that some people are doing with twice as many people. So yeah, oh, I love that because it, you know I. That's my been my experience, you know, working with companies. I came from a CRM background over to roofer and, you know, on the CRM side, I worked with all kinds of roofers, yeah. commercial roofers, residential guys, you know, just strictly retail guys. And, um, you know, and so many times when you went to guys that were doing insurance work, the first thing you noticed was these companies are huge. Yeah. Like they've got salesmen everywhere, yeah. right? They've got a ton of people running around a lot of times struggling to stay organized, Right. And, and losing that organization and that streamlined factor of it, which is just creating chaos and making it that much harder, yeah. you know, which puts them in a position where it's damn near impossible for them to scale the business, right? So they're struggling just to stay afloat and just to stay ahead of it. And there's tons of money coming in the door, 
but oh, God only knows out. where it's going, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and, and that can happen quick. Everywhere, right? It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't take. I mean, we did a. We had we had a whole bunch more officers. We we, we cut down some of our, our our, I guess, outgoing expenses and moved a lot. So this is we we streamlined a lot of this stuff down in the last two years. I mean, just in one week, uh, we made some cuts, and I mean, it ended up saving me like eighteen thousand dollars a month. It was like. <laughs> And it was Crazy. stuff that was just dead weight, right? It was just hanging yeah. on because it was how we used to do it. And it was, you know, well, we don't want to make that cut because we really like the guy. And, and so that it was something that saved me 18 grand a month. And, and hmm. it was a matter of just moving that process in-house. So there, a lot of that stuff, you know, we get, I think that's, uh, you know, probably as, as a, probably speaks to a lot of our issue with this over uh, the topic that we're on like lump sum and how it works in comparison to the other stuff is we we get our minds as business owners just wrapped into the this is how we've always done it and this is what we're supposed to do and with growth comes change and 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 those those types of changes and uh you know that, that that's something that that it's necessary to be aware that they're out there you know one of my favorite stories one of my favorite business stories and i try to i try to think about this all the time in my business uh, it's about Tabasco. I'm, for, I'm sure you're familiar with Tabasco sauce, right? Sure. So when I was a kid, I, I'm, I, I grew up in Louisiana, and uh, when I was a kid, Tabasco, you would you would shake the bottle and you would get two or three drops out, right? It was it was really hot. It was hard to get the shit out of the bottle. And around about 2006 or something like that. I'm, I'm wrong on the date. I know I am, but <laughs> early 2000s. The Tabasco hires a new CEO, and they said, what are we going to do to increase revenue? We're, we're all over the world. Tabasco was everywhere. And Tabasco yeah. plants are grown on Avery Island, Louisiana. It's a little island out in the swamp out by New Iberia, not far from where the hurricane hit just recently. And, they, they you know, it's not a very big area. Uh, and, and they're like, how can we make more money off Tabasco? And the CEO walks in takes the top off the Degum Tabasco bottle and says, we're going to make the hole. They ended up making like a another millimeter or something bigger hole. 4X sales that year because you could pour more sauce out. They needed a bigger <laughs> hole, right? 4X the business. Everybody has that little hole that needs to be made. Everybody has that one minimal change that would change their business tremendously right and, and we get we get so caught up and well this is what tabasco is and it's just a little a few drops that need to come out we get caught up in that in our own businesses and so i try to think about where am i missing what's in the way i try to be objective and, I, and i'm fortunate enough now to where i'm not running material and i'm not trying to go close this job and save this customer i get to do that now i, I get to look at it from the bird's eye and, and, and sure. that's that's I, I recommend everybody get to that point in their business because it's it's uh it's it's when it's fun, you know it's boring yeah. <laughs> but it's fun. <laughs> so one thing a little off topic you mentioned it so I just, you know from my standpoint you know obviously at Roofer we're uh, you know we're a software platform you know uh, big on the tech part of of roofing and, and sure. the where the roofing industry is going. You mentioned how you guys have been able to really streamline the business by involving tech. You mentioned your CRM, how crucial it is to your business. 
what tech stack or what platforms have you guys employed that have really been what would what you would find to be probably the most beneficial obviously the crm you mentioned right off the bat you know yeah. you don't have to name them by name but what what things have you guys put in place from a tech standpoint that have allowed you guys to run so much leaner and so much more efficient than you were before yeah well i i'll be i'm very careful to name names uh because i don't i don't want people to think that i'm promoting folks right uh but I do, I do appreciate uh, the people that I work with. I, I don't. Uh, I, I, I signed on with my CRM before I even knew about Roofer. I'm sure you guys have a great, uh, a great thing going on, uh, and I haven't even given it a shot because mine does what I need it to do. Uh, but I recommend anybody to go figure out what theirs does. I use Rooflink. Uh, my guys, they do a great deal um, with with. Well, uh, pretty much everything I need them to do. Um, I think a lot of CRMs have come a long way, and and from from where it started, it used to be just a couple couple names out there that were halfway decent, really weren't for roofers, sure. and then now it's like you know they now we're getting these you know industry specific CRMs that are really awesome. Some stuff y'all are doing, some stuff other folks are doing, really awesome, right? Um, we don't use this other feature in, in, in uh, Rooflink so, because we use Company Cam, and that's where all of our photos and documentation stuff comes from. Uh, I, I was real adamant about keeping Company Cam separate from the CRM. The CRM crashes for whatever reason, God, they haven't ever. I didn't want to lose all my photos. I wanted them independent from each other, but what we do do is we download all and i have my office do this we download the photo report from company cam and store it into the crm just for some redundancy those are some things that, i mean that that's that's processes in in-house for us um but that's kind of it uh g suite is an email and a website but i mean uh, uh, the crm uh, uh, it, it, we use our crm and company cam and that's it uh yeah, and, and I think one of the things that you touched on there is the really the key, and I think so many times is missed. You know, I think everybody looks to see like, well, what is he using? Why is he successful? What CRMs he using? But it's not so much that as much as finding the one that works for you, yeah. right? Some like you guys were able to figure out a process that runs with two pieces of technology, maybe three if you count, you sure. know, your Gmail and your G Suite. You know, you guys have a very streamlined process, obviously, and you guys are able to do it with just a few things. I've seen other guys that have incredible processes and they may have six or eight yep. platforms involved in it, you know, and I think that's the that's the really interesting thing, I think, to stress when it comes to technology is find what works for you, you sure. know, find what's going to fill, like you said, maybe help you with that hole, you know, and figure out how do we make that more efficient? How do we make it better? You know, if it, if it takes a specific piece or if a piece of technology that we are currently using has a feature that could help, you know, I think that that's, that's the key there. And I think that uh, gets missed so many deal. times. You know? That's the deal. It's like, you know, could I get more accurate measurements probably than what my CRM gives me? But, you know, it's a hundred dollars to get or 60 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever to get uh, an Eagle view or whatever to do it. Well, per job, you're talking about, you know, 400 jobs a year. It's a lot of money. And for what? For a square? 
you know, uh, uh, maybe uh, maybe off one or two. Who knows? How about we just add a couple square to the job? You know, increase the waste a little bit and bid it that way. Well, I get to do that because I'm a, a lump sum contractor. I'm not a cost plus contractor, and I get to say this is what we bid, and we we build in some of that, you know, uh, uh, sure. uh, you know, pad to make sure that we don't lose. Uh, so. It all integrates together and it becomes like its own symphony, right? And my orchestra is different than anyone else's orchestra. It should be. I mean, it's, you know, right. it's, it, I'm surrounded by different people that are creating a different thing. And, and it, it's, we should have our own flavors and our own sauces. And that, that, that's, that's what makes you, who the hell wants to go to the same restaurant? You know, it's like, <laughs> what's the point? You know, so yeah. you, you start getting into the fine details like that about, which programs am I using and all that? I mean, that, that comes down to what are you doing and where are you at? And there's a lot, I mean, who are you running it with? What's important to you? Uh, you know, those things, those things all play a factor in, into that. So, uh, I mean, and man, I'm going to tell you, uh, seven years ago, eight years ago, I guess I've been in this business eight years now, there was nobody doing it like you guys and some, you know, some of the other guys are doing now. I mean, it, if it, it, we used to all say, you know, we were an archaic business. We didn't have, we, we, we didn't have technology. So we always ran behind all the other industries. That's not the case now. Like the case now is we have technology to envelop our businesses in and like use them or you'll get left behind. I mean, that's just a fact. Uh, It's, you know, the technology out there is great and and it makes our business, you know, it's the only way we can run with half the staff of most of those companies. Yeah, it's a great point. You know, and I, I do, I agree with you. I, the technology has come so far. I mean, I've been in on the technology side of roofing now for the last five years, I guess. And yeah. it's just, I've seen it come light years, yeah. you know, in that amount of time. And it's, you know, I was on the contractor side prior to that and, you know, hardly used it i yeah. mean you know we didn't even have anything everybody was on paper you know, we had to be yeah exactly i mean we did everything by by paper and you know taking a picture with your phone and texting to somebody yeah. or something you know it was all basic stuff you know we we never would have thought we'd be you know building our entire uh workflow around a crm or something like that you know so it's it's incredible to see where the products have gone you know what about the filing cabinet i don't have yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody used to have the boxes yeah. with the files and you bring them and you turn the master files in when you're ready to build. We don't have that. We don't have a hard copy yeah. of anything, you know, and it's, it's just a different world. I remember like I was in the car business, like I told you earlier in 2007 and eight. And that's when the internet and was starting to, you know, Amazon and all those guys were popping up and you, had, you were starting to buy cars and get information about cars online. And, the car business was moving into technology, right? And nowadays, you walk in the car dealerships and they sit down and they pull up a computer and they start going through the inventory. You know, it's a completely different sales process than it was when I was a, a car salesman. I bought I bought two vehicles, uh, one for me and one for my wife uh, last year, and it's completely different. And I bought it from the dealership that I used to work at. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, uh, and I also recruited the salesman. He now works for me. But, (laughs) but anyway, you know, just, I watched that metamorphosis happen when I was in the car business and I've seen it happen here. It it definitely lagged behind, but we are in a new era of roofing and, and, and a new, uh, I guess, construction even, 
Um, you guys are running around with iPads, and, and if you're not, you're the weird one. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah, you stand out now. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, I guess my last question would be. If I'm a contractor, maybe I'm thinking about getting into it. You know, what would be your advice to me? You know, why would I want to go to lump sum? Why would I want to go that route? And, 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 you know, I'm weighing my options. Maybe, you know, what, what's the best way to, to approach that and become an insurance contractor? You know, like you said, I hate the fact that it's its own separate thing, but you know, it has become like its own kind of separate market and, you know, what would be your, your word of advice to someone looking to break into that? Well, I guess, first off, before I make any decision, i, I, I got to know my why, right? And, and I would probably center my why around being a restoration contractor means going and helping people when they have suffered a loss. And being there as someone that can help people. And, and, and that's, that's the first thing that why I'm in this business. If I could, if I wasn't helping people, if I wasn't offering a service that I felt benefited people, I couldn't do this. We'd do something else, right? Um, and, and so that's that's A. And, and, and if you're going to ask yourself, can I help people, what is the best way to do that? Well, the most efficient, uh, streamlined, and um, uh, I guess easiest to scale version of that that I know of is doing the lump sum sales process and uh, what, what we kind of developed is our sales process getting away from the Pavlov's dog of you know being locked in the Xactimate cage and getting fed a treat whenever we act right and that, and that get away from that run your business for, for you and your customers not for insurance companies in the way they want you to uh, so that's that would be my why. How would I do it? Uh, I, well, I'd probably go to my page, the lump sum contractor. I'd start there. Um, be careful. Uh, I, I don't ban anyone. I don't. I don't censor anything. Uh, we get into some real knockdown dragouts in there. But I, 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 I want it that way. I want this to be forged in fire, right? I want. I want contractors to be have a place where we go and argue this shit out, and and. and you know, and if some people get MF'd in there, and I'm one of them, they come at me harder than anyone. You know, uh, so and that, and that's fine. I love I love engaging the conversation because everybody gets to read and learn and form their own opinions. And you know, so uh, by all means, go in there, read and learn and form your own opinion and start doing what works for you. And, and hopefully, at the end of it, if we all kind of do this together, we will start narrowing down what works, right? I, I've got an idea and a blueprint for that, but you know, like I said, that we don't have the magic pill yet. It's no one does. It, it, it's sure it what we've always done, right? We know that. Right. So, uh, changing is not going to be easy and we know that. So figuring out what that is, is, is something we're doing together as a group. And, uh, the whole reason I started talking about it and selling this group, teach I do all this for free I don't I don't I don't I don't promote myself online ever about anything uh, people call me all the time we talk uh, I don't I don't I'm not trying to sell you anything 
uh, all I care about is I don't want to be the only idiot on the phone with the insurance company talking about a lump sum. <laughs> if we're all talking about it, it's like they have to hang up with you and talk to me, and then they got to hang up with me and talk to them. So, and we're all saying, "Nah, we're not moving." Well, they got to change now, right? When that's right. the case, and that's that's what I cared about. It wasn't about trying to sell you the new sauce and make videos for three ninety five, and that's just that's not my game. I don't. I never cared about that. Yeah. Well, great, man. I really appreciate it. I think some great insight here. Uh, you know, obviously, definitely, I, I hope the direction that things continue to go. I think it's great to see, you know, I, I think it's something that our company started in, you know, looking at a, a system that was potentially broken and trying to figure out the best way to fix it. And I feel like you're doing the same exact thing. You know, you started with the right mindset of helping people and you, and you saw a broken system and you're figuring out how to fix it. And I, I love that part of it uh, a lot. And, you know, I really appreciate you getting on here and Thanks. talking about it and, and sharing some of your, uh, you know, experiences and, and why you guys ended up where you are and how successful that you've been. And, uh, you know, uh, thanks again for, for jumping on and having, having a conversation with me. Pete, thanks for having me anytime, man. Yeah, no problem, man. Hey, be sure to join us on the Roofer Report uh, every other Tuesday. Great topics, great guests like Bradley here today, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you, guys.